0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Glory to God. We will continue, I guess... Yeah, not in a guess, it's the truth. Uh, Manifesting spiritual realities for morning leadership. And uh, we'll kind of pick up where we were, but where we were is where we weren't. So where we're going is where we weren't going. No, I'm just joking. Uh, We we are, I never got through. All we got to really talk about was submission in the first time. And now we're going to head towards authority. And the Lord is moving. He is teaching. And so let's bow our heads in prayer and we'll start. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together corporately and we can hear from the Most High. We thank you that your Spirit leads and guides and teaches us, Lord God, right now, that we will be removing planks and splinters out of our lives so that we can operate in the fullness of you, Lord God, that we will manifest and show forth the kingdom of heaven Father, that that we will not interrupt or disrupt the flow, that we will not grieve the Holy Spirit, but Lord God, that we will be in unity with your Spirit to see the decided end. We thank you, Lord, that you already planned this that we are just walking into the footsteps that you've arranged for us. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit and for your word. Lead us, guide us, teach us, and show us the opportunities that we might take them. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we're beginning again with manifesting spiritual realities. I, I didn't know if that was where I was going to quite hold the title, but you know what? It fits. It's, we're fine. We're fine. We're walking into it. And so I'm going to reiterate a little bit where we were. A month or so back, um, we'll look into moving the unseen spiritual world into our physical one to reveal the thinness of the veil that supposedly separates the two worlds. God has revealed in His Word keys to the doors that hold the treasures of heaven. And we will look at the key that started it all. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father. We've believed and confessed in his finished work on the cross and in so doing submitted ourselves to a new master. And of course, the primary scripture that we've been using is 1 Corinthians 11.3. And so we, you know what, I should just read that one to you. Now I've got to go find it, because I did not put that right there. I could look it up before I move my notes too far. I'm going to do that. 1 Corinthians 11.3. Head, 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 head. That's, that's what I know that it is all about. 1 Corinthians 11.3 states this. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. And so we see, though, that we have to live a submitted life. Until you put the Word of God over the top of your free will, you won't manifest the power of the Word of God in your life. And so uh, we, we, we've started moving from submission into authority. Billy Brim had a quote that said, believers who understand their authority are not afraid. They humbly operate in authoritative power and authoritative power authority is delegated power that is something that is given to somebody so it's conferred upon somebody i i I ironically was thinking about this in this weird fashion uh the other day um authority we give authority to certain people like i don't give authority well my some of my kids aren't here today so that's okay i can do this um My my youngest is deciding that he's going to build a chair. So I gave him a pallet of wood and told him, tear it apart, cut it up, nail it, do whatever you want, because that's safe, right? I mean, and so he's done that. He's been out there beating on wood and nails and stuff like that, and he's got two boards together after five days, and it's going to be a chair. But um, see, I assigned him authority within his realm. And I told him, you can use this hammer, you can use this handsaw, no power tools. You can use nails, no screws, no screw guns. You can, you know, and and so I've been doing these things, but see, I gave him constraints, and if he does anything, anything he wants within that authority structure, no problem. No problem. I delegated authority to him. So we find ourselves that we always delegate things. So we delegate authority. One thing that, um, you know, we, I just did it as well uh, this weekend. If anybody didn't notice, I got my hair cut. But um, anyway, just, just so, just, oh. anyway, greetings to you too. Yeah, on this Lord's Day. Anyway, um, but uh, you, you delegate authority to this person that will take these shears, you know, and they can come after you, and nobody else may get to do this, right? I mean, they're, do you give this opportunity? Who is it? No, the Meeks's daughter. Which one is it that loves to cut hair? Peyton? Peyton is the, she is a beautician at what? Three, four, I don't know what she is, but she's been a beautician for a couple of years. Um, Anyway, there's certain people you will not delegate authority to. But when you delegate authority, sometimes you walk in there and you have to be clear. So when we're talking about authority, realize this. We have to have a moment where this communication transpires, where you know what you are receiving or delegating to because you're releasing the authority for your head, you know, to get it looking like something. And and you know, you can say you can say, "Okay, don't touch the sides or leave you know, if it's getting thinner in the can you do something back here or whatever it is, you know, whichever way there's there's things that people will do and they delegate constraints and authority. So what when we, when we do this, though, you have to have a communication. There has to be a moment. There has to be a time where more than one person, if you just think about it all the time and you never communicate it, whose fault is it when you gave them authority to cut your hair? I went for a haircut. This is what they gave me. What would you say? I said I wanted a haircut. <laughs> sounds like free speech, uh, free expression, artistic whatever. I mean, they can, I thought you would look good with that hair like that and... You didn't think that you would look good, but you didn't communicate that, right? So we got this authority that can be released. And so in the word of God, authority is delegated power. It's the liberty and right to put forth power. You give them the liberty, the freedom, the right to express something upon your hair. Sometimes everybody gets a little crazy. You know, there's been that time where you went in mangy animal I mean, it's been a while. Those, uh, those uh, end of COVID, the first section, remember when nobody went out? Hair salons were shut down. Everybody's trying to push things into places just to try and make it look right. And, uh, and all these mangy people had went in, you know, to get their hair cut. Well, you can have expressed yourself in a different way. You got opportunities. And so what, what do we have here? And so they get a liberty and a right to put forth power. Think. The Lord Jesus gave us a liberty and a right to put forth power. What does it look like when you express the liberty and the right of the power of Christ? Uh, Luke 10.19 says, Behold, I've given you liberty and right to put forth authority, is what it is, to tread on serpents and scorpions. And I've given you all the dynamite, dunamis power of God. The actual power of God. of the And nothing will injure you. <clears throat> when God speaks, he releases authority. When we speak, we release authority. Do you want a cup of coffee? Okay, you released authority. Caden, at his age, can have... No, I'm just... Uh, See, there's a structure to authority. Excellent. Thank you. Segway. Anyway, um, there's an authority structure. Do we get to usurp that authority structure? Or do I have to actually ask their parents if Caden can have coffee right now? Right? Glory to God. We have operated outside of our authority structure many times because as believers, we're like, we're trying to demand things to leave out of our lives. We're trying to move things around, and we never asked Christ why it was there. You're supposed to be enduring this cross. You're supposed to be pressing through this fight of faith, but I just want you to leave it, remove it from me so I don't have to do it anymore because it's really hard on my flesh right now every day to get up and love that person. Oh, But we never asked for the endowment of power that will see us through that person to release to it. I'm feeling, you know, bitter about my family, about my upbringing, about my whatever. But you know what? That's not going to change until we release the power of God, the authority of God into our lives, submit to it, and allow it to flow through us. We see that authority is delegated power. We were empowered with the name of Jesus. We were empowered. Remember, we're not trying to, um, to overwhelm or overwork anybody. We're not trying to do it by our own um, works, right? We're not works-oriented people. We are doers. We are human beings. So we're being like Jesus every day. That's it. We're human beings. We are being like Jesus. It's who you are. You're not a human doing. You're a human being. We, but, but Jesus did what? He did the Word. He manifested His Father. He showed forth His Father. And so we find, you know, there's a statement in here that I'd made that if you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked, um, you're stretched to the max, you feel like you're the only one that can do it, you're exhausted, you're overextended, you're probably overestimating your importance. Because you're not that important. You're not that important. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. Jesus crawled up in a bow of a boat after stating that he was going to go to the other side. Storm comes, and he has to chasten in, out of love, his disciples. Why'd you wake me? Why'd you wake me? The Word of God has already spoken in this situation. Why are you freaking out right now? Authority needs to be released. We didn't live submitted to it. No, God said that He'll see me through. I don't have a worry or a fear. I, I, I'm not worried about man who can even attack this body, but the one who does, tells me where I will go after that, to heaven or to hell, that is the one that I would fear. Be an awestruck wonderment about somebody like that. Such great power. So we, we find that we are always seeking empowerment and that God empowered, Jesus, or empowered us with the name of Jesus. And so... We have to submit. Authority is as strong as the power behind it. So, when Caden gave me opportunity, you know, to empower him with a cup of coffee, I had to uh, look at his authority, and it was only as strong as the power behind it. And it's, what, about five years old? Yeah, so five-year-old authority has a tendency of uh, being, yeah, a little mute. Yeah, a little, little. He, he's been muted, I'm sorry. He's got a great vocal life in front of him, but he has not yet matured to it in full. And so we find that authority is as strong as the power behind it. But in Luke 10, Jesus stated, all things have been handed over to me. All things have been handed over to me all things have been handed over to me all things have been handed over to me jesus is on the inside of me proclaiming from within me that all things have been handed over to me he's Seated in heavenly places on the inside of me, and he's proclaiming that all things have been handed over to me. I'm an heir of the Son, and he has already passed from death unto life, and the heir, the inheritance, has been released, and all things have been handed over to me. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed, and indeed is a word like an inheritance, it's a deed, it's a document. It's a signed declaration and indeed I have been, I have been set free. He who the son has set free has been set free in deed. I have the deeded right of my freedom. I've been set free. All things have been handed over to him, to me, through Jesus Christ. We see, we, we, we got to look into this, that there's a, that, and I didn't go into this, what I did the, when I ended, if, you, if anybody was here for that or remembered it, we talked about how if we want to submit ourselves to what is going on outside of a car, You're driving in a car, you're looking out, it's a beautiful day, it's just gorgeous outside, and you're like, you know what, I want to submit myself to that. And so you take the empowerment, the doing part of you, the, the faith part of you, and you take it, and your faith without works is dead, so you take your faith part of you, and then you go into action, and you take that action, you reach over, and you unroll that window. And when you unroll that window... Through that, through that course of action, through that manifestation of your faith, of that belief system, that what's out there, I want in here. When you reach over there and you do that simple action that anybody can do, just like salvation, just like anything else, you do that simple action, you unroll that window, and now everything that's outside, the smells, the temperature, the everything that's going on out there, comes now into that vehicle and starts to surround you and manifest itself in your surroundings. Because you submitted yourself to it by dropping an invisible veil of a window. It was just a simple action of your faith that removes that. And you say, Lord, I yield to you. Father, I submit to you. Lord, show me how to not walk in bitterness in this. And you touch that window. And he comes flooding into your life. And he starts showing you how to release things and let go of it. And so he's moving within you. And we see that, so we have this, compar- this, this idea here. And so we also have light versus dark as a comparison of submission. See, it's granting access to the light of authority. So if light is authority, all we have to do, darkness is never really part of the equation, right? Is light and darkness ever a fight? Has darkness ever overwhelmed? I mean, you, you turn on a flashlight, you light up a candle, I don't care what you do. In the darkest cave, in the deepest hole. No matter where there is, where they say there's absolute absence of light, once you introduce it, does darkness ever overwhelm the light? So darkness has no contest. Darkness is not to be discussed. Darkness is not part of the equation. Darkness is not the issue. Why do we focus on the darkness? Because we're deceived, that's why we focus on the darkness. We're deceived if we start focusing on the sin issues in our life. We're deceived when we start focusing on our, incom- our, in- our problems that we have as far as our- what we can or cannot do. When we look at these things, we are deceived. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. All things have been handed over to me. I sit in a place of authority, but if I'm looking at my weaknesses, I am now deceived. How am I going to walk through and do that? How am I gonna take up some lame man's hand? How am I going to speak words of wisdom in that time? How am I because the Holy Spirit hasn't enabled me to speak words of wisdom? Because the Holy Spirit hasn't empowered me to stick my hand into the sick places. How do we do these things? It's not by my works or nor my ability, but because I have an authority structure behind me and the power is what's backing me. I'm not the power. your family's falling apart you're not the power release the power darkness is not the problem it's submission to the light so submission is the valve that allows authority in our free will turns loose the manifested authority of god what are you yielded to Well, you know, my support group, if if I walk out of there and don't need them anymore, what are they going to be? Because I got so strong. Well, I better feign my weaknesses. I better go in there and act like I'm weak. I better talk about how much I need them. And not God. Right? Right? God's authority is always present and has the ability of its full potential at all times. God's authority never lessens. It never, deli- it de- never delineates, never becomes less. All things are subject to it. Luke 10.22 says, all things have been handed over to me. That was Jesus. Jesus. Glory to God. Okay. God proclaimed his authority in Luke 10.22. That Jesus proclaimed it, sorry. In Ephesians one i I'm going to do it this way. Ephesians one twenty two. he just reinstated it. This is just Paul reinstating it. It says, and he, that is Jesus, put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. All things, 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 all things. But, 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 but you, but, 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 but don't have any qualifications over all. It doesn't. You every but, 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 just let it bite down on your lips. Hold it. We don't get to use the butt. What you know what butt is? Refusal to submit. But you don't know my circumstance. Then you don't know my God. You don't know my assignment, where everything is coming from. Hebrews 2.8, I love how this declares this. Hebrews 2.8 declares, I'm I'm cheating because I already printed them all. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not see all things subjected to him. Not all things, you don't see it. He's not the God of this world yet. He's God in this world, but the lease is still out. Satan is still having opportunity out there. We have not yet seen the fullness of heaven. Okay? That is the only subjection that is, that is left, is this fin- the final subjection of the entire planet to the kingdom of God. Peter declares in 1 Peter 3.22, it says, Who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven? I love this. This is like that song. I didn't, didn't realize this. Did, uh, after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Angels, authorities, and powers had been subjected to him. Spiritual, physical, and any power that is there. Subjected to him. Glory to God. Um... We see that Jesus submitted to God to release the power to subject all things unto himself. <clears throat> Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15:27 through 28 and it says this: For he has put all things under his feet. And when he says all things are put under his feet, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now all that means in quick layman's terms is if I give you the power then you have all the power except you don't have all that power over me because I gave you the power. So he who gave the power is accepted. I'm I'm accepted. As a parent, you can give power to your kids, but they don't get to use that power over you cuz you're accepted. God accepted himself, but Jesus fulfills and has all the power. Let's look at some um, ways of delegation here. We're going to look, uh, we're, we're, power, is, authority, sorry, is delegated power. Delegated. So let's jump into Numbers chapter 8. We're going to look at a couple quick things here. Yeah, we're doing great. And then the woo-hoos and everything will be coming later i I guarantee you that yeah oh they're they're sitting there you you telling me that you can't talk about authority without hitting oh man you're gonna feel it it's it's good stuff but let's look at this we want to look at what how is authority gained it's delegated power Delegated, delegated, delegated. What does delegated look like? Delegated, in Numbers 8, verses 5 and 6, it says this. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, that's that's a good place to get. If you didn't know, always hear from the Lord. Okay, just, just this quick. Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them ceremonially. Take the Levites. Out, separate, sanctify pull out, right? Take the Levites. Let's jump down to verse 9. And you shall bring the Levites, take them, bring them. Take them, bring them. I love these things. Um, Child dedications, water baptism. Take them, bring them. Bring the Levites before the tabernacle of meeting, and you shall gather together. Whoa, in front of what? That's people. Oh, yeah. And the, the whole congregation of the children of Israel. So you shall bring the Levites before the Lord, and the children of Israel lay their hands on the Levites. Whoa. What's all this, what's all this New Testament stuff doing all the way back in the beginning? The laying on of hands. What? What? You mean they only showed what they'd already learned in the New Testament? The answer is yes. The types and the shadows. Love this. Okay, so we got a delegation, a separation, a sanctification when we pulled them out. We got a public declaration. Hey, kids, come here, come here, come here. We're going to go out tonight. This is your babysitter public declaration call them out separate them appoint them and then what do you say you will listen to them while we're gone what are you doing delegating authority right okay okay just just go on with it uh and then in verse 11, it says, And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord like a wave offering. You can offer people. I mean, there's no way that they were picking up full-grown men and just <laughs> just got another one. God, this is so. I mean, Samson anointing or something. But they're not doing that. But <laughs> whatever. Just, I just saw you. Yeah, everybody got that idea. That was a good one. Anyway, God's funny. Uh, Just my opinion. Um, But Aaron offered the Levites before the Lord like uh, like a wave offering from the children of Israel that they may perform the work of God. And so we see that they are now qualified to serve. Where was all their instruction? Where did they learn everything? Man, they're unqualified. They must be unlearned and ignorant men. Oh, wait. Yeah, qualified. Never mind. So authority is passed. It takes these things, though, when it's delegated. You want a separation, a public declaration, and then you're qualified to serve. Numbers twenty, we're gonna just jump over a little bit, we're gonna look at one more here. Numbers twenty, verse twenty-five, we see one more time. <clears throat> Take Aaron and Eliezer his son. If you didn't figure that out, that's Aaron and his boy. Um, the, the Aaron was the first priest, high priest, and bring them up to Mount Hor, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eliezer his son. For Aaron shall be gathered to his people and die there. And so, yeah, I gotta keep going. So Moses did just as the Lord commanded. That's a good place to be. And they went up to Mount Hor. What's this next part say? In the sight of all the congregation. Well, the Lord appointed me quietly and separately all in my one place. Jesus was baptized by John for a public declaration. Show me the hidden one time. David was anointed in front of his brothers. And his father, Joseph was, and now I'm jumping a little bit into Wednesday night, but Joseph was, uh, he had those dreams and he told all of his brothers and his mother and his father, and it says that his father remembered them. He remembered them where they were going. You're calling out your appointment will be public. It may be a minister at the front. It may be wherever. It may be within a household. It may be, but it will be from an authority structure, from an authorized person that will release it to you. How else do you get authority? He gets delegated. I'm going to continue here. 27. Uh, 28. Moses stripped Aaron of his garment, and put them on Eliezer his son, and Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. Now, when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, uh, it doesn't matter. Then they mourned, they cried, they for thirty days. Um, but so the the mantle was passed from Aaron to Eliezer in a publicly declared way they, we know through covenants if, if you start studying the covenants there was an exchange of clothing there there was a robe there was a mantle that was now taken off of one and placed upon another go walk in it and so we see that that's that's where that is and so we see it now here's an interesting one let's jump to the new testament here act six act six this this one here is the is one of the fun ones this is for the whole body of christ act six verse six uh, well, no, let's start at verse 5. Ah, uh, uh, crud, how, I don't want to go back too far. Anyway, this is where they're choosing the seven to serve. Um, and, and I'm going to go back to verse, just verse 6. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands upon them. Now, these seven were just chosen to serve. This is not fivefold ministry. You can be delegated just to service? You can be delegated and released to serve? And and who's in that list? Hmm, man, there's Phillips in that list. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, man. F- F- Stephen. Stephen's in that list. He's a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Whoa. These are, these are pretty good people. Hmm. We can get appointed. We can see mighty works and hands and things that are done, or things that are done by our hands. I'm going to look in this. Uh, uh, another transfer here from the Old Testament is Numbers 2720. Um, and now, this is a transfer. So listen to this delegation of power, this delegation of authority. Because what is authority? Authority is delegated power. 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 What do you have? I'm feeling weak. What do you need? you need more power power it says this numbers 27:20 you shall put some of your authority on him in order that all the congregation of the sons of israel may obey him this is moses passing it on to joshua upon him that they may obey so were they obeying before no no this is when you pick that person in the room. I mean, I, I love using child examples, but it doesn't matter you like you you're in you're authority here. Do it. What happens in uh <clears throat> you're taught this for CPR first aid, things like that The first thing you do is you go to assess the situation and then, if needed, you appoint somebody to go get help or you call nine one one or you and you delegate. upon somebody and confer it there and it's there to go and so we see it Um, we must make a public statement to show a transition of power that's what baptism is it's a public statement of a transition of power it's been re- given to me. We, we, uh, any change in a business, a church, a family, or otherwise. Hey, this is a family meeting. You know, whatever it is, this is going to be how this is going down. And you tell them what the change of power is. I, I had to do this since I have four boys. It's like, okay, this one is no longer going to mow the yard. Now this one's going to mow the yard. Now this one's going to weed eat the yard. Now this one's going to pick up all the branches in the yard before that one mows the yard and while that one's weed eating the yard. And we break it all the way down and see we keep graduating people up. What is a graduation? It should be the assumption of more responsibility, more power in your life. Well, I'm in eighth grade now. King of the hill, right? I mean, they rule the middle schools. Eighth graders are awesome! Till ninth grade. (laughs) And then their delegation of power seems to change. I earned it. You have to respect me. I'm an eighth grader. You have to respect me. I'm a freshman. (laughs) I mean, it just... uh, Yeah, small... The uh, big fish, small pond complex. You were big fish, and then the pond got bigger. And so you became smaller. (coughs) Okay. We need to see and hear and know that the rights, the roles, and the power is being conveyed upon another. Authority is delegated power. That was all fun, clinical thought. The woo-hoo is when you start to think about what that really, really means. Because now we're talking about treading on serpents and scorpions. Now we're talking about anything that the devil throws at you, you don't even take because your shield snuffs out quenches every fiery dart. You are empowered. You've been delegated an entire armor. You've been handed everything that is necessary because he always causes you to triumph. He's never put you in a fight that you weren't going to win. So now you, with your faith life, am now going to walk through trial and temptation and and trial and problem and pestilence and, and provocation even, I will not respond from that dead man. I will respond from the living Son of God on the inside of me. I'll respond from a recreated new spirit. That's what I'll respond from. And so we find that we start to move John 19.11. I'm going to put this in a picture here for you. This, I believe it's Pilate. Ah, crud. Now I can't remember which pontiff is on top of this. 19, John 19. John 19 says, oh, this is, is it Pilate? Pilate, there it is. This is Pilate and Jesus. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you Pilate's little comment beforehand. I gotta back him up just a little bit. Uh let's see. Then uh Yeah, I guess it's verse 10. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? I'm in eighth grade. Anyway, um <laughs> Yeah, just so, sorry. anyway, John nineteen eleven. Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Unless it had been given you from above above. Paul reiterates that, Romans 13.1. Paul said, uh, Romans 13.1, I got it over here. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. So let's break that all the way down. There is no authority except from God. Who created the planet? Who put the whole thing in motion? Who assigned plants their rights? Who gave light and darkness their boundaries? Who assigned the waters their placeholders? The lands their spots? Who assigned mankind their things? The roles of animals against us? Who put all this into place? The one with all the authority. So don't even think Think that there is one single thing that can rise up in authority against God or in a rebellion that he cannot put down. All authority has been given. All authority has been released. I love this. John McMillian, this is a statement by him. Now I'll, I'll say it slow and then we'll close because we won't be able to go any further. Okay. To share a throne means without question to partake of the authority which it represents. And if you want to write some verses, Ephesians 1.20 says this, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. That's a throne. Back it up. For a distinct address in verse 21, Ephesians: 121, go back one look at it or one step and it says, "And above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come." I want to read that quote again, "To share a throne means, without question, to partake of the authority. Which it represents. You call him Lord, Lord. You call him Master. You call him King. We submit to the authority of that name. Ephesians 2 6 adds us to the equation. Of this kingship. And in Ephesians 2.6 it says. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been seated with Christ Jesus. We are part of that throne. We have a divine. Because he gave it to us. Right. To partake in the power. That is released from that throne. This is perfect for me. Lord set me up on a whole bunch of stuff, and this we're, we're going to have fun. So I'm just going to say this. This is leadership. Big boys, right? We pull up our pants. We can do this. I put on both shoes, you know, didn't run out of the house. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you a, a secret. I, I, The Lord, he just blew me up here the last few days, and I went, whoa. So, we need you to participate. Because this is not going to happen. This is way too large. I'm just going to say it that way. Way too large. Here it is Matthew five, chapter 5 through 7. Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? This is the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount ends in chapter 7 with these words. This is chapter 7. I'm going to read 28 and 29. And so it was, so it's all red for three chapters, 5, 6, and 7, red. There's not a single drop of black in it except for the intro to chapter 5. This is all the red letters of the Bible. And then it goes back to black letters in verse 28, and this is what it says. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Your assignment is to read the Sermon on the Mount. If you want to know what authority sounds like. What does authority sound like? Will you be amazed? Will you be astonished? That's good, huh? Because I didn't even tell you about chapter 8, 9, and 10. Which states six times about the release of authority, and what it does. This is a 10-chapter set from 5 to 10 in Matthew that will astound you, astonish you, amaze you in teaching, and then release, release, release. Now you know what I'm preaching next week. It's all for you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that you are here and you are with us and that you are our teacher, that you are never, we are never without. And we thank you, Father, that you will continue to show forth yourself in our lives in your authority. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.